Hello beautiful visionaries, this is Lorna Liana and welcome to the Modern Shaman Mystery School where we explore how we can apply ancient shamanic wisdom to our complex modern lives, shapeshift into the highest version of ourselves and become the visionary leaders that the world so urgently needs at this present time. In this week-long introduction to the world of visionary shamanism, we're going to dive deep into working with sacred plant medicines safely and with integrity. We're going to discover the wisdom of indigenous culture. We're going to learn techniques around dream work and dream interpretation. We will explore expanded states of consciousness and discover the fascinating work of mediums and um, uh, how to develop spiritual alliances with spirit guides. Today, I'm really excited to bring to you Ara Campbell, who is the founder and visionary author at The Goddess Circle. She's a modern-day mystic, facilitator of the Inner Priestess Awakening Journey, and author of The Astro Forecast. And Ara will share with us how we can use natural energy for clearing, grounding, and protection. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I would love for you to share with the audience more about your journey. How were you able to cultivate your intuitive gifts and then arrive at a place where you can teach people, teach other women how to find their medicine and connect with the priestess within? I've always been very connected to sort of like the other, you know, the, the things that, you know, we're, we're taught we shouldn't be connected to, you know, we're taught you shouldn't be connected to plants or animals or we, you know, there's nothing else out there. And, and I've always been very connected to that, connected to the stars, connected to uh, rocks and stuff like that. So all of this, this um, intuitiveness and all of this sort of connection to these, these energies stayed with me from a young age. And I, it just sort of developed and I was, I've always been very vocal and I've always been very, um, chat like channeling uh writing so all of this sort of fused and developed in order to help me uh work with women in order to bring their medicine and their gifts into the world okay so um i love that you were um uh, always connected uh, intuitively with the living world around you so i'm curious to know why it is so um why there seems to be such a desire to reconnect with uh, the living world right now and to cultivate intuitive gifts. I find that there is a hunger for this type of um, ancient knowledge, in fact, in spite of um, the material benefits that our modern society promises us or offers us and promises will actually um, lead us to greater satisfaction, which I find is actually not necessarily true. I think that you hit the nail right on the head. I think people are starting to, we've been sold a system. We've been sold, um, you know, what society wanted us to learn. You know, we were taught in a certain way that certain things bring you joy, you know, aim for the big house, the picket fence, the, you know, the 10 cars in the driveway. We were, that's what we were taught, you know, we should aim for, aim for success. That's not what success looks like. We found out, you know, this wasn't necessarily the truth that we were being taught. So now that we're sitting back and we're saying, huh, this really didn't fulfill me or this doesn't make me happy. It's like, you know, I didn't follow my intuition get here. I just sort of followed the carrot at the end of the stick. And here I am trying to figure out why this isn't making me happy. So now we're getting into a place where we want to reconnect with the energies of the earth in order to heal and kind of get rid of all that 
sort of superficial, you know, the, the, what we're taught we should want, not that there's anything wrong with having, you know, whatever it is, you know, you've accomplished, there's nothing wrong with that, but being able to tap back into the energy of the earth as well as our own energy in order to kind of connect with our intuition and see what we want instead of not necessarily, you know, what, what society's told us that we should be aiming for. I think the story that we've been sold is a very limited story. And I think intuitive, yeah. intuitively, most human beings, whether or not they admit it, uh, I think they, they struggle with some type of sense of dissatisfaction. I know that when I was growing up and, you know, was fed that story, we're all, all fed this story, and it just seemed like there was something deeply tragic about the story of get a good job and graduate from a good school and make a bunch of money so you can buy more stuff, have right. two cars, a white picket fence, you know, maybe like have a few children and then die at the end. Yeah, and it's, it's we're just seeing that it's not... We're, we're, we're told that it was kind of prepackaged, you know, you know, you have to, in order to, you know, adhere to the proper, you know, society rules and regulations, here's your handbook and here's what you have to do. And we're realizing it's like, no, we write our own handbook, like nice try, but you know, we're trying to, you know, we're going to strike out on our own and do this and we're going to, we're going to tap into our gifts. And that's why you see so many, so many amazing people coming out now with so many, um, authentic gifts that they're bringing into the world. And it's so amazing because all this medicine is flooding the planet and it's transformational. Like it's, it is, it's absolutely transformational when people stand up and say, okay, I'm going to honor my truth. I'm going to honor my intuition and I'm going to do it a different way. And that's, that's, it's literally paradigm shifting. Yeah, it is phenomenal the rate at which these visionary medicines that were you know, traditionally used by indigenous people are now making their way around the planet. And what uh, I we're witnessing is a global shamanic revival that is uh, evolving with um, its own momentum alongside the psychedelic renaissance. And um, and there, it's fueling this cultural resurgence on on you know both sides. Uh, there are increased number of Westerners that are finding themselves drawn to these um, shamanic medicines and who are seeking access to uh, these medicines either locally within their own countries or traveling to you know the Amazon or to Africa or Central America to have experiences with facilitators or even be with, with the indigenous elders in their villages. And then alongside this interest, we have the indigenous uh, medicine men and women, um, the elders and the shamans, they are being invited to travel overseas. And uh, there are a number of people that I, I, that I met before they even left um, their state, um, their home state in Brazil, um, the, the state of Acre is where I spent most of my time. And so I met some of these individuals before they'd ever like traveled outside the country. And now they've, they've got these annual tours. And what it's doing is it's feeding as well, it's revitalizing this sense of indigenous cultural pride, which is beautiful because for the first time in, in 500 years, I mean, they were like persecuted and, um, and killed for 500 years. And now the Westerners are interested in their culture and want to learn from them. And so it's just beautiful to see this indigenous cultural renaissance. But, I, but one of the things that you know, we're also observing, for those of us that are in it, is with this um, connection to shamanic medicines, um, there are increasing numbers of people that are having 
uh, spiritual experiences. Uh, Westerners who were sold that materialistic story have then, you know, uh, come into contact with these medicines and these ancient, you know, practices and ways of working and praying with these medicines, and then now they've been opened up intuitively. They're perceiving supernatural phenomena. They are tuning into the message that the living planet actually has for them, or, you know, there's communication coming from nature at all times, and we can hear that message if we learn to tune in. And so, um, uh, many of these individuals that have stepped on this path are now finding themselves uh, needing the tools to navigate them. So I'm curious to know whether you happen to have any advice for people that are suddenly finding themselves uh, communicating with animals or spirits or ancestors and, uh, and how to navigate all of that as a first-time intuitive First, I love I love what you say about um, people coming like coming together and, and touching into the the energy of the ancient wisdoms because it's we're, we're turning into such a global village where we can you know stand up and we can connect with the ancient medicines from around the world and we can become a global village and and protect and cultivate these you know in order to to get their teachings out in the world so they don't disappear like so these these amazing you know information and, and ancient knowledge doesn't just go away um, and and how healing, you know, the natural, the natural medicines can be for, you know, for us and, and for learning. Um, when you start to kind of get, when you start connecting with the natural energies, whether it be, you know, you work with crystals or you work with animals or you work with nature, a, a lot of people can talk down about it. And a lot of people can kind of try to convince you that, you know, and I'm sure anybody who's out there, who's, you know, been in a similar situation, you know, you get the, you're crazy or you get the, you get the, the, the gunk kind of thrown at you when you start connecting with this don't listen to them they're just jealous because they can't at that time you know connect they're not connected to their source and they're not connected to the you know the nature so don't don't take it to heart it's just a it's just a, a bunch of guff coming from people so tap in and and really be like be open and be be available to it don't um it's it's hard it's hard when we start to receive information and when we start opening the channel it's you kind of sometimes want to like close because you feel like oh this is too much but you know and you do have to take a little bit of time for yourself sometimes and kind of back away and and give yourself some space and and just kind of play with it and see where you know what is too much and when you need a little bit of a break to to reconnect you know with with your own energy and replenish because it can be it can be exhausting sometimes you know connecting but it's it's so powerful to be able to connect in that way with animals and with with crystals and the natural energies around you so yeah, I think one of the things, you know, I mean, it is, it, it is a marvelous phenomenon to, you know, be, to, you know, I was, I was that way too. I had once been, you know, staunchly materialistic and, you know, had uh, no belief in anything that couldn't be proved by science. Um, and, uh, but yet, like, I was, you know, and all of a sudden I started having, like, I started to, my, my first foray into conscious expansion was through the world of psychedelics. So I was given, you know, LSD for the first time and, um, and that opened things up too. And, um, in a big way, and all of a sudden I was having experiences with, uh, um, um, you know, spirits and, um, 
you know, it's it, it was really hard to 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 know how to handle these things because I think you know many of us who grow up in a um, technological you know Western society, who do you call? Who do you talk to? You can't talk <laughs> yeah. to your friends like, hey, you know, I I was visited by this spirit in my room. And, you know, while I was sleeping and it was kind of scary and I didn't really want it there and but I could see it, you know, because I think one of the things that happens is like people who are just opening for the first time, um, they are receiving all kinds of energies, not just the good energy. Like they haven't learned the skills to, you know, to, to, you know, say no to the, the negative and, you know, call in only the positive and I'm only going to communicate with you when I want to and I feel, and, you know, I'm ready and not when you want to. So, um, you know, do you have any tips or advice for people that have just opened up um, and uh, and are feeling overwhelmed by it? You're, you're totally right. You, you tapped into something uh, very interesting when it comes to being open and everything kind of coming in. It can be really difficult um, when there's no focus. Like when you just open up, it's, it can be very difficult. Um, I think the key is to really make sure that you're able to stay grounded when you're dealing with this kind of energy, because it can, it can be so overwhelming and like some things you can do to ground and to try to keep, keep yourself, um, very grounded while you're dealing with these energies. You can, um, you can spend some time in nature. You can, um, picture yourself rooting yourself deeply into the earth just for a little bit of stability. Cause it can be, it can be overwhelming when you're dealing with this stuff, you know, for the first time. Um, you can, you can, anybody who's interested or does yoga, you can do mountain pose, which is a standing pose where you root yourself, uh, you know, your, your feet are strong on the ground. Your legs are very strong. Your arms at your side, your, your head is parallel or your not your chin is parallel to the floor and you stand very, very still and very, very strong and very, very purposed. And it, it can help you kind of rebalance and kind of reset your energy a little bit just to be able to kind of reground and just bring yourself back down into your body because it can be so upper body, lower body, you know, your, your body needs to ground you here, but our, our, our spirits can kind of, we can kind of get a little bit out of things a little bit when we're connecting, you know, the channel opens and we kind of get a little bit out of the body. So it's important to be able to ground back down and, and settle back down into the body. Um, earth, like earth vegetables, like, and uh, earth vegetables, um, root vegetables and things that come from the earth can be very helpful as well. Whether it's, you know, a mixture of, of beet juice or carrot juice, or your you know, you have some turnips or some yams eating things that are very, very earth based can really, really help to ground you really quick when you're dealing with, you know, these, these big opening channels and just not being quite used to it yet. You know, one of the things that I found really just super helpful in grounding and cleansing is to do a sweat lodge. So, oh, yeah. you, you know, like whether like the sweat lodge before a, a, a plant medicine ceremony uh, or a sweat lodge after. But even if you don't have access to a, um, a sweat lodge um, that is held in a traditional way, uh, doing something like going to a sauna or a steam room um, is also um, just kind of like brings you straight back to your body. That's and gets all that impurity out of your body too. So I mean, it's it's like dual purpose. It's getting you in your body and getting rid of the the sign of like any impurities you have. So it it totally does double duty. So one of the interesting things that I have um, experienced as a publisher of um, shamanic and psychedelic media is the number of people that uh, email me or message me asking 
um, for some assistance around uh, some negative energies that they picked up in a plant medicine ceremony. Now, um, some of the stories that I've seen are a little bit distressing in the sense that you know, you, we have an individual that may be from um, uh, you know, North America, for example, and they've gone down to Peru and then they may have spent you know, a time, like a ten, done a 10-day ayahuasca dieta, and then come back. And um, in some cases, you know, there are many stories of people who uh, feel that they bring something back with them from the jungle, and the thing that they brought back is not necessarily what they wanted to bring back. So some type of conscious entity that, or um, a, a presence um, that is foreign and they you know, feel it in their physical space and it doesn't feel good to them and they don't want it there. Uh, and so some of the questions I get asked is how to get rid of it. Do you have any advice, Era, given your work with uh, the ritual arts? Well, definitely some things you can try um, would be, I, first comes to mind is drumming. I find drumming very healing and very, very um, purifying when, um, you know, if you feel like you've got something stuck or if you feel like you've got something kind of holding on to you, I find that very, very healing. Um, you can try using sacred smoke in order to kind of like try, you know, get it clarifying the body. Um, you know, you can use uh, white sage, uh, cedar, peo santo, sweetgrass is my favorite. Um, you can use herbs such as lavender or rose in order to kind of help to facilitate the clearing away. Um, you can do moon baths. I've found actually very, very powerful. Um, when you, you, when you do it during the, a very, um, full moon, a very, or increasing moon and to try to get as much of that moon energy as possible. And it kind of works in the same way as when we charge stones or if we charge water under the moon and it can kind of help to really charge you and really, you know, kind of reset your, your, your chakras and really get you kind of back into a place of, of being really a lot more lighter, you know, when you feel like you're carrying that heavy, that heaviness, um, you could, um, do some, some salt work too. You could, you could, uh, I love, like, I love, um, I'm a Himalayan salt person. So it's like, if, if you could use a little bit of, of that in your bath, get, try to get rid of the impurities and, and it works the same as you were talking earlier about the, about the, you know, doing a sweat lodge, being able to get rid of the impurities out of the body, you know, try to clarify the body as much as possible to facilitate release and healing. Great, yeah, these are all very uh, practical ways in which we can uh, work with, uh, you know, clearing an entity. Um, what about energetic hooks? Have you ever, you know, come, uh, experienced or come across that kind of uh, uh, energy where uh, somebody else's, like, usually it can happen, I'd say, more often to people who are kind of like empaths, you know, people who are a bit um, spongy anyway in terms of like what they absorb from other people. I know I'm that way. And so I would discover that if I have an intense um, interaction with somebody, especially somebody who's kind of shamanic, um, in some uh, cases I feel that they've gotten, you know, me hooked in some in some way. And, uh, and you know, get like extracting that hook um, from within your own in, uh, energy system, like it's, it's usually lodged somewhere in your body. Um, that can be, uh, you know, that can be a bit difficult. Like how, how would one go about doing something like that? 
One of the practices that we use in the program that I facilitate, we we work on um, cutting the ties, like cutting, like physically cutting, like the energetic ties that bind us to, to things. And that, that also speaks to hooks in order, like what is hooked within us, like you say. And we go through the process of um, identifying where we feel the, the hook or the attachment. And we go into, you know, envisioning the cutting of these of these cords and the release of this energy from our bodies you can further tap into this energy if you feel it's in a certain area of your body if you if you know that it's in a certain uh chakra area you can um help tap into that with with crystal energy as well in order to to tap in a little deeper um you can also help yourself before these energetic hooks take place by shielding and protecting yourself a little bit when you get into scenarios, you know, that are, that are, that could be, that could cause these hooks or these ties to kind of come into place. So, um, some of the ways I've found that you could energetically shield and protect yourself, you can carry, um, crystals with you, such as smoky quartz or labradorite, because it's very, very, they're very, very powerful shielding stones and they can kind of help you energetically keep that energy away from you if there's going to be somebody who's going to be trying to you know possibly connect with a hook like that that's going to keep you stuck hmm okay so um so those are two stones that you recommend for for protection are there any stones that are good for for clearing like clearing your own you know auric field um or clearing a particular space a space in your uh, house or in your um in your room some of my favorite stones for clearing, uh, citrine is one of my favorite stones for clearing. Uh, citrine can be very helpful in clearing cobwebs that can collect in our mind and can cleanse us for, you know, new thought patterns to adhere. Citrine is a very powerful clearing and cleansing stone and as such very potent when it comes to, you know, adding to room sprays or to clearing tonics. Because it is such a potent energy in relation to clearing, it is a self-clearing stone, actually. So it doesn't need to be cleansed like with sacred smoke or in a moon bath, though you totally can do it. But it's 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 so powerful at cleansing, it actually cleanses itself. So that's one of my absolute favorites. Um, another powerful one is one that almost everybody who has a rock pretty well has is clear quartz. Um, and it's, it's extremely, it, it's very common and people often look aside and they're saying, oh, it's not, you know, but it's very, very, very powerful. It is extremely powerful because you can you can program it for clearing. You can it's already tuned into the the energy of clearing and amplifying. So it amplifies those clearing vibrations. Um, it is very powerful for cleansing, for purifying body energy, for clearing the mind, for clearing away unwanted vibrations, old old emotional ties, and energy that can create kind of exist in the and linger in the environment. So it's a very very powerful stone to be able to have. You know when when you've got all this kind of clutter kicking around. Um, another extremely, extremely powerful one is snowflake obsidian. It is extremely, extremely powerful for balancing and for clearing. It has the ability to clear away negative vibrations, energy, and influences. It can clear away bad vibrations that surround us and restore harmony and balance. It kind of does a little bit of both. It, it works as a clearing and a balance. So it kind of clears away the negative and it's, it's able to sort of return harmony, which is, it's kind of a dual purpose stone in that way. And, um, it's actually very powerful for, um, clearing away negative vibrations from electronics. So if you've got, you know, some, some clutter that exists, you know, from, from your, your electronics that are, are sort of downing you, you can kind of keep these stones around you and it'll actually help to filter out the energy that, uh, that can kind of build up 
when it comes to that. Smoky quartz is another one that's very good for that when it comes to filtering out the energy that's caused by electronics. A lot of people are very sensitive to the energy that are uh, caused by electronics, so that can help clear away that energy as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of um, uh, interesting that you pointed that out. Um, I personally feel that uh, electronics are draining in a certain way, mm-hmm. and you know, for somebody like me that spends you know pretty much all day online, you know, that's a tremendous amount of energy drain. Um, what are your thoughts on? Um, gosh, what is that? Um, that composite material called that allegedly um, absorbs EMFs. Um, Goodness gracious, what is it called? It, it almost looks like a plastic resin, but then it has, like, I often see it have um, all different other kinds of things suspended in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. I'm not, I'm, I'm the like, the word is, like, completely slipping my brain right now, though. Yeah, I know, the word's slipping my brain, too. I'm sure it's going to come to me, but uh, many, I think, you know, uh, uh, many people who... Um, frequent uh, festivals, conscious festivals, or, you know, go to kind of like uh, retreat centers, you'll often see this type of um, uh, item in the, you know, um, uh, being sold, you know, either as a a pendant that you can wear or, um, you know, as pyramids. But I always kind of wondered how effective they were. Hmm. I, I just, oops, go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, uh, when, when you say, um, uh, you know, all, when, you, uh, when you share all these different qualities that the crystals have, um, how, how do we know these things? Where does this information come from? And are there actually tests that are done uh, uh, <laughs> with scientific equipment? You know, that, that's one of the things that I'm always curious about when I hear uh, 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 different types of, uh, um, of uh, um, uh, crystals or stones being recommended for certain purposes. How, how do we know they are um, effective for the, the ends described? One thing I always recommend for anybody working with stones is to tap into the energy of the stone themselves because what works with for one person might not work for somebody else. We all have different energy and all the natural components of the earth have their own energy. And I mean, if you have even two different pieces of rose quartz, they might not necessarily have the exact same vibration that's, that's really working with you towards whatever you're wanting to do. So I really recommend for people to connect with it and kind of see what that rock is trying to tell you. It's, it's another, you know, tapping into the energy and honoring your, 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 the channel that's forming and really being able to get into accessing the information of that particular, you know, stone or whatever it is you're working with. When it comes to filtering electronics, generally what I like to do is try to sort of trial by error because everything is sort of trial by error when you're, when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, like to be able to kind of see what stone help, like where, if I'm working on the computer, what helps me feel better? What helps invigorate me? I got a little more pep in my step, you know, what helps me be a little more clear headed when I'm on the on the computer and stuff like that because of course like this all like you said it all drains it all of this electronics and all this stuff like that does take you know a toll and we have to clear ourselves away and of course nature's got us and they're like here's some rocks or or another great thing you can do around your electronics i've got i just looked up on my desk and and thought of it was plants having plants around electronics is another great way of getting rid of that really intense energy and being able to kind of put it back into a more grounded and neutral state and plants work like that for you know to be able to have that kind of energy that grounded energy what do you know about making 
tonics with crystals. So I, I don't know, there must be a, a name for this technique. I, I think I've come across it before, but I recall at one point um, attending a ceremony and the ceremony facilitator was offering up um, something that was like essence of citrine. And essentially what they did was they took some citrine crystal and immersed it in a solution like brandy and then made um, essences from the crystal. Is that something that you work with? And can you share with us, uh, if so, can you share with us how all of that works? I do work a bit with it. And um, usually what I infuse it in is moon, like I, I charge moon water during the full moon. So I usually do an infusion of the crystal in the moon water. As long as it's a safe crystal, this cannot be stressed enough. Some crystals we we shouldn't, because of the mineral content, we shouldn't ingest. So that's one thing definitely to look into before you start making tinctures or, or infusions or any kind of sprays. I mean, it's one thing, well, even if it's a spray, I mean, you want to make sure it's, it's safe for your environment. With any of these things, you know, you got to make sure you're doing your research and make sure it's okay for your pets or for your, you know, you're spraying it and you're, it gets in contact with your furniture and now you're your table's peeling paint or something like that. You got to make sure what you're doing is, you know, okay. But, um, I think it is very powerful to be able to infuse water for different purposes. Like I use water, like brandy would be totally, you know, totally acceptable or something like that. If that was what you were called to use. Um, but like I said, I use moon charged water and you can even add, um, essential oils to it, you know, after, you know, and, and enhance that energy even more. And, use it as a spray like I said or you can ingest like you said the citrine can be used for clearing so it's 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 not hard it's not hard to do anybody can do it you can infuse your own waters you can infuse your own moon waters uh, with uh, stones and use it to clarify energy around your home like I said in a spray you can um, you know you can add it to your bath water if you feel like you know adding that you can add stones to your bath water for that for that um, you know to be able to enhance the energy of your bath so there's lots of ways you can kind of tap into that submerging the the crystal energy into the water or liquid i should say if you're choosing to use brandy not that you're gonna have a bath in brandy but <laughs> yeah i wonder how that would feel hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for folks that are coming out of sacred ceremony that need some type of um, uh, guidance or assistance uh, in grounding um, what would you recommend for them are there any particular rituals or affirmations that you would uh, um, you would uh, suggest that would guide them? One thing I notice when I come out of any ceremony is no matter where it is, because often I'm doing something outside if I'm doing it, um, even when I do it outside, sometimes the focus isn't quite you're not as focused on grounding as you would be if you were focusing solely on grounding. You're working on the ritual or whatever focused intention is at the time. So my favorite way of reconnecting, of course, is spending time back in, in, in nature, but in an intentional way, you know, taking an intentional walk and paying attention to what messages are being revealed to you on this walk. Because of course you've just come from ceremony. So there might be additional messages that are coming through, you know, whether it's in nature, maybe there's something being left for you. Maybe there's uh, an animal that wants to say hi and tell you something. Um, so that's, that's one way that I definitely do. I, I also sit on, like, I also sit on the earth and, and sort of take a few moments just in, in intention of, of rooting myself back down and, and connecting with it. Um, if, and if the other thing is, I mean, some places, I mean, I live in Canada, so winter's not done yet here and we still have snow. So if you had an, a, a ceremony inside, it's not like you can go and put your feet on the ground cause you're going to get cold really quick. 
So you can connect inside with houseplants or a very, very quick and easy way to reconnect and reground after ceremony is to connect with stones. Some of the stones that I mentioned, uh, smoky quartz, um, the, the snowflake obsidian, very good for grounding and being able to tap back into some energy of earthing when you're, when you're inside and just can't get outside yet. Um, so you can also use affirmations like you mentioned, and I have quite a few uh, affirmations you can use and you can use them one, you can use one, one of them if you just need a, a touchstone, or you can actually go through the whole series in order to get uh, kind of like a mini ritual and, and kind of reground afterwards. And um, so they are, I am rooted deeply within my truth. I stay grounded and easily adapt to any situation. I am nurtured and safe. I'm divinely protected at all time and in all ways. I'm flexible with the flow of life and adapt with effortless ease. I am present. I embody health and well-being. I allow my body and mind to evolve with the seasons and cycles of life. I am one with my spirit, my body, my heart, and my mind. I nourish myself and am nourished by the universe. I am connected deeply to the earth and her medicine. I am able to withstand all storms. I am calm, centered, and peaceful. I am able to release my fears and trust that I am always safe. I let go of all my anxiety. I remove my energetic roots from all things that no longer serve me. I am worthy of feeling secure and safe. I am peace. I'm at peace with the world surrounding me. I invite well-being and balance into my sacred space. I am fully supported by the universe in all ways. I am blessed, I am loved, I am safe. And that just kind of gets you back into your body and kind of gets you a little bit more grounded after after you might be, you know, in sacred ceremony or, or even if you feel just the need to reground. Aho, thank you so much for sharing that affirmation with us. I want to leave you uh, with the last question. So, you know, this whole world of... Uh, uh, connecting with natural energies that often opens up for us who are um, just stepping onto the shamanic path. How would connecting with natural energies and, um, and communing as well as communicating with, with these energies uh, support us in becoming the visionary leaders that we are meant to be? Is it simply a woo-woo experience um, for you know spirituality heads, or is there? Do you think there's you know some real tangible uh, benefit, uh, leadership benefit um, that might help us um, help empower us as we fulfill our purpose in the world? I know people who aren't like who aren't part of the spiritual commu- community or who aren't rooted in that way as a teacher. And I know people who who work in various fields who find such a benefit to being able to connect with nature, not just for like, I, you know, in the business world or any other, you know, field you're in, you know, there's a lot of movement, there's a lot of stuff going on, it can create a lot of clutter in our minds and in our bodies. And we can just become so all over the place with everything. And nature just slows us down. And it just roots us like when you're when you're talking about being out in nature, you know, even if you're just sitting there and being, you know, conscious and listening to a bird, or if you're, you're becoming present and you're listening to, you know, uh, uh, whatever, uh, there's a coyote howling, you know, being able to take a walk and be in, intentional with the, 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 the earth and be able to be there in that moment, being able to ground back into 
the present moment. It's 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 beneficial for and for for all uh, walks of life basically. Like and they they've got they've done the studies. You know how healing earth energy can be. So I I don't think while it is it's such a necess it's such a necessary thing for me personally. Like on my path, I know it's absolutely in, integral to what I'm doing in order to remain an open channel. I I couldn't do it without it. So I I, I think you know if I was you know, in business or if I was doing anything else, you know, what a benefit that would be for me in order to, you know, clear and ground and be like, okay, now I can face the day or now I can, you know, I can, I can, uh, I can look at that problem in a different way or it kind of puts you in a different headspace. So I think, I don't, I don't think it's woo woo, but that's just me. I, I think it's beneficial for everybody. <laughs> well, I'm I don't kind of think a nature it's woo either. I'm just asking from, <laughs> as a, you know, devil's advocate as well. Uh, for me personally, I can say that, you know, just the amount of information that the average human being, especially in a uh, an industrialized technological Western society, um, you know, the uh, the amount of information we're bombarded by is tremendous, and it can create so much um, uh, mental dispersion, so much clutter in the mind. Um, there's so much confusion over what to believe. It's actively being used as a tool against us, uh, these campaigns of disinformation. And so I think really like now more than ever, it's so important to just remember to ground into the living planet, to remember what is truly important. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's just, there are active interests trying to confuse us and to sow fear and, um, and false stories. And these types of, um, uh, this type of phenomena is, um, is deliberately seeking to disempower uh, humanity, the, the, the masses, uh, because together as a mass we have power. But if we're divided against each other and believing in, um, in you know, information that is, you know, fundamentally untrue, then, um, it, you know, it takes away our power as a collective and allows, you know, those that control these medium, um, these channels to be in power. And, um, and I think too, just from, you know, um, from it, you know, from the point of view of, um, you know, being able to remove that veil of illusion and delusion, there is nothing better than connecting with the elements to be able to do that. You know, it, they're so powerful. They're so basic. Um, it's so much part of, uh, being alive on this planet. And uh, when we can just remember to touch into the, to, you know, to, to connect those elemental forces and to remember to be present, the amount of energy and power and clarity that can come through when we're grounded in that way is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So Ara, I would love to ask you to tell us about the free gift that you have uh, for our audience. Uh, my free gift is the Moon Practices ebook guide, and my Moon Practices ebook guide helps you to get ready to make magic with the new and full moons. It helps you to create powerful lunar practices, and you can manifest big change in your life. You can, you know, attract love or create abundance, and you can do it. Do all these like. Uh, practices and, and create your own your own rituals with this ebook guide. 
Wow, thank you so much. I'm so intrigued. Yeah, awesome. And you know what, what's an awesome, uh, uh, you know, handy little tool to have as well? There's an app that you can get that will show you the different phases of the moon. So you can know on your phone what phase of the moon it is, and then you could just uh, you know, look into this ebook and, and figure out what practice you can use at, the, um, at what given time. <laughs> so connecting the ancient with the modern. Exactly. Awesome, so how can people best stay in touch with you, Ara? You can email me at info at thegoddesscircle.net, or you can find me on my website at www.thegoddesscircle.net. Or you can find me on Facebook at The Goddess Circle. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with us your knowledge and your wisdom. Um, we will include the links to the free gift and the websites down below this uh, audio player. And I want to wish you a beautiful rest of your day in uh, um, cold Canada. So please stay warm. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And spring hopefully soon. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I'm finally, I'm so glad that it's finally warming up in Ibiza. I can't imagine um, right now being someplace where there's still snow on the ground. Well, I guess it's just one of those reminders. Nature loves to remind us that, you know, sometimes you have to be patient and sometimes you have to wait for things. So <laughs> thanks, nature. <laughs> All right, my dear. Stay warm and bye for now. Thank you. Take care.